0: This is the Benefits Buzz podcast, your weekly pulse on what's happening in the world of employee benefits. Brought to you by your friends at WEX, who believe in simplifying benefits for everyone. Now listen up and let's get buzzed. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Benefits Buzz. I'm your host, Eric Killa. I'm joined as always i my my co-host Kelsey Burgad. Kelsey, we're just crushing this open enrollment series. We're having a lot of fun and I'm excited about this episode as well, right? I think everyone who's listening had a wild open enrollment season last year, right? And they were thrown into a situation they had never been in before, but now we've had some learnings and now we're kind of prepared, hopefully prepared for open enrollment to come at the season, taking some of the things we learned uh, and applying it to this year. And I think you know this could be the most important open enrollment season so far, right? I think, how did we take the stuff that we really gleaned and make it a really kick butt open enrollment season? It's gonna be a fun episode.
1: Yeah, I I think it's definitely going to be a pivotal open enrollment season, and while we learned a lot last year, it's almost like a whole new ballgame this year, though, as well, because so much has changed. Some people who maybe were working remote last year are now maybe back to the office, but maybe it's not the whole office like WEX. You know, we've got some people at home, some people back in the office, so a whole new you know wrench that we're throwing into open enrollment this year.
0: We do. We have a a bunch of wrenches, I think. Um, So I think it'll be fun to talk through this. We've got two fantastic guests um, to talk through. What does this look like? What things can we do to prepare for that? And so I want to introduce our guests. First, we've got Jocelyn Pertel. She's the Chief Operating Officer at Benefit Express OX Company. And we have Chris Wiley, Director of Partnerships, again, at Benefit Express OX Company. Both of you, welcome to the podcast.
2: Thank you, everyone. Great to be
3: here. Yeah, well,
0: we're excited to have you. I'm excited to, to pick your brain on all things open enrollment this season. As Kelsey and I kind of teed up, there's a lot probably going through our minds in terms of what do we take? What do we leave behind? How do we do this hybrid model? Who knows what situation we could be in? And so we want to learn from you about what to expect. And so let's start with this whole um, concept of this. You know, I'm using air quotes here for those who are watching, but this return to normal, right? Um, and so we've talked about this on recent episodes uh, of the podcast. But from your pers- perspective, maybe talk us through what do you see as the biggest changes that will be coming down for the open enrollment this year? I,
3: I can I can jump in first, and I think um, you know it might be a hot take, Eric, that uh, this is the most important open enrollment season ever. But I don't know that I I don't know that I disagree with it either. There's a lot there's a lot going on, and even really since we started talking about this podcast in general, you know in the last few months you know things drastically have changed just in 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 the world again right the the idea of return to work is happening but it's also or that's mixed in with sort of the you know mask mandates kind of popping back up and what do we do and what do we not do and um so you know i i think if if um you know in general hr didn't have enough on their plate already around you know hybrid staffing models and what does that look like and DEI initiatives and the mental health movement, you know, all those things. um, There's just there it's you have to sprinkle back in a little bit more uncertainty, you know, once again, as we go into this fall. And so I I think more than ever, it's just it's critical that, you know, communication be top of mind um, and that we just I think everybody keeps a pulse on how we're all doing, that we're listening to each other, you know, understanding what people are needing Um, Because benefits really do play a really important role and, you know, and and retention. Um, And we'll talk in a little bit here, I think, just about, you know, what's going on with um, the job market in general. And um, so open enrollment is a is a pivotal point to be able to make sure that you set yourself up for success for the following year.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think that return to normal carrot just keeps getting dangled further and further out. And I'm starting to wonder if we're ever actually going to be able to get there. Um, But, you know, you teased it a little bit, Chris, but there's been all this talk about the great resignation because, you know, after the pandemic, I think with people feeling like they were stuck in this spot for so long, um, there's been a lot of talk about the potential that employees are going to start leaving their jobs. So what does that mean? What does the great resignation mean? And have you guys seen any of that with um, the clients that you have working with Benefit Express? Yeah,
2: you know, I can take that one. I think um, definitely our employers are feeling it. What's really interesting about this, Kelsey, is that if you go back to a year ago, so back into 2020, What we were mostly dealing, or our employers were dealing with, and we were helping them with, is they were furloughing employees, right? Because they were struggling to keep in business, right? The economic repercussions of COVID were forcing, were saying, I don't need all these employees, right? And so we were doing all sorts of things to support our clients during that time period. And how we are a year later where, you know, restaurants and airlines and, you know, hospitality and all of that, now they're back in business and they're, they're having the opposite problem, right? They can't, they need talent and they can't keep their talent. And that is definitely, and this is where I think all benefits, not just your healthcare benefits, but things like your PTO plans, the flexibility that you provide, right? All of that is going to play into an employer's ability to hang on to their really, really good talent. Um, Chris said something earlier that I think is, is really key, which is, I think that the, the most important thing is that employees feel like their employers care about them. Right. And I think there's a lot of ways through benefits and through other programs, you can do that. But I think at the end of the day, that's, that's what's going to help with this great resignation is they feel like, Hey, I'm with an employer that will work with me, will be flexible with me, cares about my mental health. Um, and will um, you know, that's who I'm going to want to stay with um but you know they've got a lot more choices out there than they did a year ago for sure
0: yeah yeah absolutely i think um you talked about this you know what's what's important to employees um how, how do we how do we pivot and move with that and so you kind of look at these challenges right you've got this great resignation going on and then there's all these other challenges and you kind of alluded what's maybe what's coming chris but and those other things that are taking place you've got hybrid models you've got how do you adjust your communication strategies you know i feel like we're pouring on all the challenges but i think it's really good to identify these challenges so that we had resolutions are there any other challenges that you see an hr pro might have um when leading into here so that we can address them and get ahead of them
3: yeah i mean i i, I think some of the stuff has, has been said already but i i do think it's you know being thoughtful about what's it what's being offered for open enrollment this year i mean the, the great resignation i think depending on industry and depending on organization, like some of that is, it's people are leaving for different reasons, right? People are finding value and work in different ways. Um, And so, you know, I think I also read somewhere that, you know, it's like the, it's also like the great awareness, right? Because people are finding, um, you know, different levers for what's important to them just in general. Right. And so they want more flexibility. They want. So yeah, I think there are there are things that most organizations are taking a look at already, like PTO and, you know, having EAP and flexibility. And, and 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 if even if it's return to work, that's usually optional in some in some form or another so that people don't feel like they're you know forced into a box. But I, I do think it's also critical for organizations to make sure that they keep a pulse on the people that are, um, you know, the, the, the talent that they know they they need to keep the organization moving forward, and um, so you're also seeing like just kind of in some specific industries, you know, some increases in just compensation overall, some like blanket increases in things, finding way to ways to reward people because um, a lot of people are just moving because either they want to do something differently or or there's a lot of leverage in the right in the right places right now. So how do we how do we retain the talent that we know is important? Um, I read something on NPR that um, there were four million. People quit their jobs in the month of April alone, Um, which is like, you know, I I don't necessarily have a a great benchmark for that mentally. It's not a stat that I'm normally looking at, but (laughs) sounds like like a lot, doesn't it? Sounds like a lot. (laughs)
2: Um,
3: And but then like right after that, they said that a third of a third of the current unemployment is also um, people that actively feel like they just can upgrade. Um, And so there is a silver lining to that also that um, you know, it's, it's, it's not all bad, but it just, it means you got to kind of keep an eye on both sides of it.
1: Absolutely. And I especially think in the last you know year or so, people are finding that their benefits are more important to them than maybe they used to be before. Um, I think EAP and mental, um, health benefits have always been really important, but they've, I mean, I think it's at its height right now. Um, so you touched on a few of those, you know, EAP, mental health initiatives, um, flexible PTO. Are there any other, Um, trends that you're seeing for employers, you know, maybe tweaking their benefits package this OE season to do what you said, Jocelyn, you know, to make sure that they know, employees know that their employers care about them. What kind of trends are we seeing?
2: Yeah, well, you hit on one of them. Definitely, I think more resources around mental health and, you know, it's not a one size fits all either. So we see employers saying, I have to provide lots of different resources to meet, you know, where meet the employee wherever they are, um, and in some cases they're looking for help in bringing that together, like through a microsite or something, where it says, "Here's all your resources." Because for one person, a resource could be, um, you know, a mindfulness app, and for another person, a resource could be, "I need to go talk to somebody," right? And so, and everything in between. Um, other things I think that we see is um, more supplemental health project products, you know, just to ensure that employees have the coverage they need regardless of their circumstance. It just gives them more options and choices to feel like they have the right coverage that they need. Um, Definitely more, um, we're seeing a lot more education um, around, especially things like HSAs or FSAs, you know, how do we help employees understand what that can do for them, why that's helpful to them, and it needs to be that communication, not just we've been focused on open enrollment, but not just during open enrollment, but really throughout the year um, as they have life events and, and things like that. So, so those are some trends we're seeing. The other thing I wanted to mention, and this is kind of obvious, and now we're going into year two of this, and 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 I think this is going to be our new normal, whatever that is, <laughs> um, but is you know the way that benefits used to be communicated is very different, right? You can't have benefit fairs, like, hey, everybody come to one of these sessions and we'll tell you about your new benefits, right? You know, last year, we saw a lot of interest in virtual benefit fairs. So through, you know, uh, microsites or through other communication vehicles, um, employers have to be very creative about how they're reaching out to their employees right now. And they have to be willing to do it in different ways. You know, we talked earlier about you got some people in the office and you got who might still want to do that. And you've got a lot of people who aren't in the office and you've got to make sure that you hit all of them.
1: Yeah, I love that. We actually just recorded an episode about you know how to help HR pros identify um, how to make sure their communications are being read by employees, like how to really um, increase that readability. Because I think we do definitely see trends where you know an employer might have an awesome benefits package and they might communicate it to the best of their ability, but employees maybe you know see the email and they're like, oh, I'll read that one later. So I love the idea of micro sites. you know, and and Kelsey, making,
2: when, oh, sorry. I was just going to add one thing to that before you move on, is that I think what you have to think about in communication, too, is if you send out, you know, kind of the old school, you send out a benefits guide and you expect someone to read it, soup to knots, and, like, that's the same person that actually reads instructions before they put together their IKEA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a game analogy. <laughs> but most people don't do that and they try to put it all together and then they go, wait, what is this screw for, right? But, um, you know, the the equivalent of that is you, they're not really going to read that, but when they go to enroll and they're on that website, that's when it's really important to have that education, right? At their fingertips, they can dive in deeper if they want, they don't have to, if they feel like they know, you know, things like decision support tools and things like um, modeling and all of that, Is so critical because that's the person who isn't, you know, needs it at that point in time. And so I think we're seeing a lot more employers really being careful about what tools are being provided during enrollment, not just before.
1: That's great. Um, When, you know, you talked about microsites and you talked about um, having all these tools readily available when they're actually there to enroll. do you have any like specific tips? Can we dig a level deeper on that? Any specific tips for what to include on a microsite um, or what information should be out there? Um, you touched on the calculators or decision-making tools. Like, is there anything else that you can give to these employers as maybe some tips on what to make sure is readily available for their employees when they're actually out there to enroll?
3: I can take part of that one. I mean, I think part of it is is a, You know, prioritizing real estate on a page to make the things that are most important, you know, to the initiatives for HR for that year kind of prominent on the page. Right? Um, It's not not dissimilar to how we design like the homepage for our enrollment system, right? And and the more scrolling you have to do, the less likely somebody is to actually get to it. Um, So I think I think that's part of it. Um, You know, also just getting people to the microsite is like its own challenge in and of itself. So um you know making sure that all of these all communications whether it's text email print online microsite the system itself like all these things um you know refer to each other and kind of can connect to each other and link to each other in ways that make it easier for for people to get access to the information they need when they need it um
0: yeah those are good suggestions i love all all of the things to to really think about and i think it's it's a challenge right like you really have to think about the online virtual experience, and you have to think about potentially that. I mean, we it's just, its tough. I'm literally, it's not easy to be an HR pro right now looking at open enrollment season, because like to your point earlier, Chris, we're not sure what if the new normal is coming back. What does it look like? Are we going to be in person? So there's really good comments and thought leadership in here that you guys are suggesting that I really love um, for them to think about. I, I would be remiss. Not that it's everyone's favorite topic, but we have to figure out compliance, right? Where does where does compliance work in all this? I know we love talking about compliance, but it's a reality, right? So where does compliance work when we're thinking about this great resignation or we're thinking about upcoming open enrollment in your guys' perspective?
2: Well, you know, from a compliance standpoint particularly, and it's not necessarily related to open enrollment, but there have been a lot of things that have happened over the past two years, um, new regulations, you know, ARPA, Um, the consolidation bill, where it it provided for relief for employees, whether it was in COBRA so that they had a longer period of time to actually make their payments or a longer period of time even to elect COBRA. Um, Obviously, ARPA allowed allowed for a period of time where um, subsidies would be paid for COBRA. There's also been legislative changes that allow for longer periods of time to use your FSA dollars if employers want to take advantage of that. Um, and those are all very important, right? That not only does the employer and whoever their partner is understand those rules um, and can appropriately minister them, but it, you know, it go, everything goes back to communication, making sure that employees really understand what their choices are. So for instance, if I'm signing up for an FSA, when do I have to use those dollars by? Are there, is there going to be any, um, changes to the grace period or things like that. So it's really important that all of that is appropriately communicated when employees are making their decisions.
1: Oh, the lovely compliance topic, that ARPA, you know, that, that was phone. a fun one right. for everybody.
2: You know, we were all not busy enough, so we had to have something like that thrown on our... <laughs>
3: <Absolutely>. <laughs> but, you know,
2: it's, it's, a, it's a terrific benefit, for employees who find themselves, you know, involuntarily terminated and, and, you know, for a period of time, they get some help with their benefits.
1: So I think the ARPA and compliance topic brings up something in my mind, like employers had to pivot so much last year and change so much, whether it be, you know, technology, um, their benefits plans, all of those things, they had to do it on a dime like that. So is there anything that, you guys saw that employers had to change last year or maybe any strategies that they developed last year that they can bring into this year that will continue to pay off going forward. Um, anything that you can think off of off the top of your head? A
2: couple of things, I guess I would say to that, Kelsey. Um, you know, obviously I think employers really experimented a lot with their communication. So employers who did like these virtual benefit fairs, I think they really found that that's something they're going to go into this year planning to do again, right, and build on it. Um, The other thing I would say is that, you know, it it was very challenging during, um, certainly during 2020, as employers were struggling with, you know, kind of downsizing the size of their business, right, and deciding what they, you know, the great news is I think I found that employers were tried to be as generous as they could possibly be, right? So they had to furlough people they were trying to pay for their benefits, or at least pay for some of their benefits, or give them some relief on when they had to pay some of those benefits back. And I've seen that employers have started to incorporate that already in how they're approaching things, especially if, unfortunately, we're going to have to go into any other periods where... You know, some of these businesses could get impacted again. At least they have a little bit of a playbook of what they did before, right? Um, and certainly, as a provider, we have a playbook of you know how they want to approach it, how we can work with their payroll, how we can communicate to their employees that we, you know, experienced last year, and we can certainly take advantage of. Um, the other thing I would just mention is that I think all employers we we have a client advisory council, and we met back in March and the the biggest theme or the biggest things that our client advisory council wanted to talk about was just the fact that they didn't they had all these concerns about mental health for their employees they were trying out different resources that could help them you know what is the thing that them that will really resonate with the employee and be really helpful to them and they were looking for help and how to bring all of that together so that an employee had a place to go for it right and you know Last year during open enrollment, I don't think we all appreciated how just how important that was going to be. I think going into this open enrollment, everybody appreciates that, right? So we can get out in front of it and say, hey, let's put in your enrollment experience, for example. Let's put a whole section on just information on if you have, you know, if you're... um, these are all your mental health resources. Here's how we can help you. Mm -hmm. Um, If you need to go on a leave, you know, that's the other thing. We're seeing so many employers now who are saying, I have way more employees out on leave than I've ever had before. And wanting to support them and then also help them when they come back, what does that mean for them? What does it mean for their benefits, right? And just being able to provide that kind of education to them. I think we're (laughs) so much more um, thoughtful about it going into this year than we were last Mm -hmm. year because Um, unfortunately we've had now another year of experience with this.
0: Yeah.
3: Go ahead, Chris. Oh, just, yeah. One, one thing to add there. I I think while it, while there was a ton of things that changed last year, um, and there were new benefits that were added and a new focus on kind of mental and behavioral health. Um, there also were, you know, a lot of employers that, that. Didn't change so many other things they would normally look at during open enrollment because they were pulled in a thousand other directions. Sure, mm-hmm. so I do think you know while communication is critical um, and it is and it has to be kind of number one priority. There's also a really good opportunity during open enrollment to make sure that we're continuing to collect feedback from from employees and there's a lot of ways to do that, especially during the open enrollment season, um, to just continue to keep a pulse on what matters to people as we start to think about, you know, not just this year, but into 2022 benefit strategy. And, um, so that, that would be some other just advice.
0: No, that's fantastic. I would say that's, that's really solid advice. Um, both Justin and Chris, I I love those suggestions. And I know our HR pros will appreciate that. Maybe as we wrap, I know you, you have such a good, um, Perspective, right? You can see these trends based on your roles and see what's happening and how employers are are handling open enrollment. You know, typically what we do on the show sort of the last question is, you know, kind of that one piece of advice. If you give, if you could give HR pros one piece of advice or or, or tip or something that they could walk away with um, when it, as they approach open enrollment, what would that what would that be? Okay. Easy yeah, qu- question. Easy <laughs> question, right? <laughs>
2: I have I have more than one. That's that's what I'm sure. That's about. fine. Sure. Um, okay. Well, so a couple thoughts. One is, again, just just the planning. You know, it's it's August, right? Most employers open enrollment is November, so we still have time to do that planning around communication and making sure that you know we're getting to employees um, in the way in which they need to be communicated to right now. But the other thing I just wanted to say, and this may sound like a little corny, but, you know, we talked about the great resignation and we talked about that employees have all these choices and why does one employee stay with one employer versus another? And I I definitely think everything that employers are trying to do right now around promoting mental health and giving them resources, providing really great benefits to them, communicating those benefits is so important. But you know, um, compassion and kindness go a really long way too. And so making sure that every interaction, especially you know, when, people are, when people are making their benefits decisions, often they're stressed, right? Because they're not sure what they should be doing. Maybe they just had a life event or life change that year. Um, maybe they had you know, relatives with COVID and they're worried about their own health and what does that mean and does that change my decision? And so you, you wanna make sure that every single interaction, whether that's on a website, whether that's with a call center rep that you're maybe using, you know, like some of our employers use our call center or they might use their provider's call center or whether it's your own benefit staff answering that, you know, just employees want to work for employers who care about them, right? So I think every one of those interactions if the employee walks away with wow, they really I can tell they care about me. They want they want to help me as much as they can make a good decision. I think that will go a really really long way. To retaining that talent.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I would would have built right off of that. Just in a in a world of remote living, and working in large part, you know, being present in conversation and being able to like kind of cut through that fog and hear, you know, the 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 struggles and what people really need help with is um, is so important, and it's hard to do, um, and it takes the right the right leader the right voice at the right time to be able to, to kind of organizationally make an environment that 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 feels like that. So.
0: Yeah, wonderful advice. Thanks. And, and uh, I love when I say, hey, give me one thing and there's a bunch. That's great. <laughs> it's a three for one <laughs> special. We're always good with that. Thank you so much, Chris Johnson. This has been a fantastic conversation. I know there's uh, lots of good tidbits and and nuggets of of advice here that our HR pros will appreciate. So I can't thank enough for your time coming on the show. Um, Hey, if you love this show, we would love to, as I close here, to say a a shameless plug to give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Apple Music. If you enjoy it, the more you rate it, the more opportunity we have to reach more HR pros like yourself. We really appreciate that. With that. Chris, Jocelyn, thank you so much for coming on the show, and have a good rest of the week. And good luck with open enrollment, everyone. Great.
2: Thank you, Eric. Thanks, Kelsey.
3: Thanks, guys.
0: Wax is in the business of simplifying benefits for everyone. Now, although we certainly hope our podcast sparks some aha moments, like that was pretty cool, but of course we cannot provide legal investment or financial advice. And well, therefore, nothing shared in this podcast should be interpreted as such. We encourage you to seek out appropriate professional advice regarding your plans. Hey, congratulations. You made it through our disclaimer. (laughs) Thanks for listening.